welcome to D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. Let's just dive right into it and dive into some wet-ass pussy. Oh, I was hoping that you would say that. Which is a nice departure for us, because usually I'm going on about my dry-ass bussy, <laughs> my dab. So it's a nice change. Something fresh. Fresh, juicy. Fresh and juicy. Gushy. Ugh. Anyways, so I know Cardi B released her latest single called WAP, and it features Megan Thee Stallion. WAP stands for Wet Ass Pussy. The censored version, and that's why UGG uh, at Gush, um, it's like the kids bot version. <laughs> it's wet and gushy. And honest, honestly, that's like, that's raunchier. Yeah, the Radio Safe version is, yeah, that title alone, like I only listened, like the first one that I listened to was the, was Wet and Gushy. And I was like, gross. I'm like, this song is nasty. And then after like three listens, I was like, oh my God, I'm listening to the Radio Safe version. Then I finally listened to the explicit one. And I was like, this is not, this is better. Yeah, I can't even listen to the censored one. Like on the on YouTube or um, the um, the video mm-hmm. is the censored one. So I mute that and mm-hmm. then I listen to the the regular the real version because mm-hmm. I can't. Like I, it's just I can't. Anyways, so um, WAP is not about the dangers of washing your cat, although it should be because that's something people should know. Don't you know about the dangers of washing their cat? It's yeah. not that. It's about coochie cream. <laughs> it's about yes. coochie cream. It's about finding a dick that can handle all that wop, getting sex, etc. It's nasty, so obviously, I love it. But I really, really love it because at the be uh, at the in the opening, mm-hmm. um, the opening samples and throughout it, it samples a, a Frank Ski song where he sings "Pores in the House" over yeah. and over again. So yeah, I love it. That's that like that's what I write on the census. Every year, I just write whores in the house. So I, you know, I felt seen, heard. So here are some of the lyrics. So I'll just go over a few. Um, Yeah, you're fucking with some wet-ass pussy. Bring a bucket and mop for this wet-ass pussy. He got a beard while I'm trying to wet it. Let him taste it. Now he diabetic. (laughs) So the the pussy is high in sugar as well. Yeah, well, because she has that. It's wet. And sweet. Um, my head game is fire, Punani Dasani. It's going in dry and it's coming out soggy. I ride on that thing like the cops is behind me. You know, it kind of reminds me of the earlier works of um, Emily Dickinson. Yeah, or like um, the poetry of E.E. E. Cummings. E.E. E. Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> so there's also a video where Cardi and Megan are in their WAP mansion. It's a great and, video. Yeah, there's a cat theme. Like there's tigers and a lot of cat print. And Cardi and Megan do their thing for most of it. But at the end, Kylie Jenner, of all people, shows up and struts down a hallway and goes into a room. And that's it. I mean, it's that's all she does. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also cameos from music artists like Normani, Rosalia, Mulatto, Ruby Rose, and Sukihana. Mm-hmm. They dance and they do much more than Kylie did. So, but um, we'll get to the Kylie backlash in a bit because there was backlash over her in the video. So, but first, because, you know, the song is nasty. All of it's nasty too. There's like not one verse that's just like, I enjoy spending time with you. It's like all of them are it, from head to toe. It's nasty. Yeah. I'm, into I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing either. 
And so, and you know, because it's about like women embracing sexuality, mm-hmm. some conservatives are appalled. Oh, um, yeah. Like, and don't ever let them listen to Kia, Cupcake, Lil' Kim, Trina, because like they'll really lose it. Because like, like WAP isn't even that nasty to me. Like, Cupcake is a lot raunchier. If you listen to Cupcake, a lot, lot raunchier. I think so too. And I would even just say like, I mean, I know a lot of people on like the internet are saying that like, you know, um, my neck, my back crawled so that Wob could walk. And like, I agree. Like, I think my neck, my back is like, that's, it's explicit in a way where it's like, there, it's not even like, I feel like Wop has like creative kind of like sort of things. Like when she talks about like macaroni in a pot, I'm like, oh, okay, I know what you're seeing there. But like, Kia's is my neck, my back is she's just like, you're gonna, you're gonna lick my booty. Well, yeah, and Cupcake, too. Listen to a Cupcake song. She, like, makes slurping sounds. I mean, she gets nasty. I mean, that's why she's my favorite. Yeah, I was going to say, these are all, again, th- we're not even just, like, putting these out for reference. We're saying, like, go download these songs, buy them in iTunes. Can you still buy music in iTunes? Go buy the CD. <laughs> go to your local. Go buy the cassette, buy the single first to make sure you, you like this artist. I'll make you guys, I'll make, if you write in, I'll make you a cassette. I've got one of those radios that has the two cassette things, so it's very easy for me to do. Yeah. So a former congressional candidate named Deanna Lorraine took this song very seriously, and she tweeted, the song starts with, there's some whores in the house. There's some whores in the house. And encouraging women to make men's pull-out game weak when we already have a huge problem with fatherless homes. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, is it really that serious? What's her name again? Diana. She's like, she's like, they say that there's whores in this house. But what they're failing to recognize is that many Americans are homeless at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And uh, she said the song should be banned. Um, Wrong. Another congressional candidate, James P. Bradley, tweeted that Cardi B and Megan are what happens when children are raised without God and a strong father figure. And the song made him pour holy water in his ears. I mean, more like pour lube on his crotch because, you know, he fapped to it. Yeah, exactly. He's a liar. Also, God is like up in heaven being like, look, that song... It's a banger, so shut up. (laughs) Uh, Others are offended by it, too. Um, Ben Shapiro is a conservative political commenter, did an entire video on it. He was that appalled and read the lyrics and went off about how disgusting it. I could barely watch that video because I don't even have a pussy and mine dried up, fell off my body because he was reading the lyrics. Oh, yeah, it was it was gross. I didn't I didn't like it. So Cardi tweeted that she's loving all of the conservative hate. But, um, I mean, it's a song. It's a song, and also it's such a who cares. Like, it's one of those things where it's not like a, it's not like the teachers are in school right now being like, okay, before we start our COVID Zoom call, we're all going to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Psych, we're actually going to listen to WAP. Like, that's not Oh, yeah, they happening. should. Oh, yeah. I, mean, they should. I, would, I would approve, much more approve of our educational system if that happened. But Can also, I feel like if, if it was male rappers rapping about leaky-ass dick, they wouldn't be so appalled. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it depends on what kind of leaky-ass dick. Is, is, the, is the rap about them their dick being sick? Is that why it's leaky? No, pre-cum. 
Hmm. I mean, either way, I I don't think there would be an issue, (laughs) regardless of why it's leaking. And like a lot of them, like probably support Trump. And Trump, as we know, like promoted assault by saying to grab him by the pussy. And Cardi and Megan are embracing, you know, their naturally lubricated vaginas that were made by God. It's true. But you know what, Michael, let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, Yes, Trump bragged about grabbing people in the pussy. But do you think Trump even knows, has he ever experienced a wet-ass pussy? No. There's no way. I I don't, I, I yeah, I don't want to think about that. I need to pour holy so. water in my, in my brain now, in my mm-hmm. ears, so it'll cleanse my brain. <laughs> so let's move on to the uh, Kylie Jenner backlash. Which so was Ky- almost as big as the video, I would say. Which is sad, like, but yeah. yeah. So Kylie's in the video for seconds. Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. I said, she just walks down a hallway and goes into a door and she's trying to be sexy. But honestly, like my abuelita sleepwalking, she has more charisma than Kylie did walking to a door. Like she's that's all Kylie men. does. Yeah. So um, many are mad that she's in it. There's a petition to get her edited out. Oh, my God. It's too late. <laughs> I mean, it's she's barely in it. So you could really just cut, cut it out. Just close your eyes, just like blink, and she's Yeah, that's true. But one Twitter user said that since Kylie did nothing in the video, and Normani and the others, like, danced, it's another example of white women doing the bare minimum and getting attention, while black women have to do the most to get attention. So Cardi responded to the backlash, saying that it's not about race, and that she asked Kylie to be in it because they're friendly. And she probably knew Kylie would... People get pissed and the video would trend even more. Yeah. She's like, Kylie, if you can't appear, I'll also take Kim. But no one else. Yeah. <laughs> no other offers, please. I do I do love Kylie's cameo in it, though, because like she does just walk down the hall and go to a door. And it kind of looks like she's lost. Like, And when I was watching it, I kind of thought that. Like, I was like, Kylie, are you in the wrong house? I didn't even get that that I didn't even get that from I got nothing it's like a styrofoam peanut walking down the hallway like Those there's no personality yeah the spray painted gold butts and boobs that were on the walls were like putting on more of a show yeah the wallpaper was giving me more and that mm. wallpaper was CGI <laughs> it wasn't even real <laughs> so people have suggested that instead of Kylie it should have been Betty White or Viola Davis and someone even made a picture of Viola in Kylie's outfit from the video and Viola approved of it. She approved of it, but like, would Viola do that? You know, she can do anything she wants. Yeah, she might. But you know what? Since it was a cat theme, like they should have got like a CGI Eartha Kitt, Halle Berry, Jocelyn Wildenstein, like La La Tigresa de Orient. There were so (laughs) many other choices except for Kylie. Oh, yeah. Like the sexy cat from the Pepe Le Pew cartoons yeah or the sexy cat um from heathcliff mm, which one because there's two no there's that one that she's in pink she's kind of the bad <gasps> girl oh no, no no the one in pink is a good girl there's like the one that has like the fringed hair she's yeah, hanging her. out with the cadillac cats yeah she was like yeah she was a whore she should have been sure. in it. She yeah she should have been. been in it and or but you know since the song is vagina is about vagina who really mm-hmm. should have been it in it is um alexis k tyler Do you remember her? Alexis K. Tyler went viral years ago, early days of Delisted, for vagina power. She preached all about, like, vagina power. And so, yeah, that's who should have been in it. 
Okay, so really, where can we go from wet-ass pussy, but down? That's not a pun, but it's an accidental pun. Um, what I'm trying to say is, here's here's the second story that's not nearly as good as, you know, Cardi B's wet-ass pussy, but it's still... Mm, I can't think of a good thing. I was going to say it's still very long. Like a dick, I guess? Anyways, listen. So Finding Freedom is the book that was written by Carolyn Durand and Omid Scobie. And we've been hearing about Finding Freedom. It feels like we've been hearing about it for, I'm not kidding, two years. But it's not. It's only been like four months. So Finding That's Freedom... That's a long time. It's a because, long time. Yeah, but... it's a long time, yeah. For a, and we've... To hear about a book, yeah. Yeah, and like there's been... It feels like excerpts have been dropping like once a week. There'd be kind of like a drop where it's like, oh, here's three things from the book and then here's another three things from the book. So, But it's about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, Harry leaving the royal family. Exactly. It's about them finding freedom, if you will. Finding freedom in Los Angeles away from the royal family. So the whole book is kind of like... If you had to sum it up on like, you know, your Goodreads account i don't have goodreads but i hear it's a thing um it would be like it's from the moment harry met megan to the moment they like decided to leave um the royal family so it's only the span of like two years but it's kind of very gossipy i find it um kind of confirms some gossipy stories that we've heard about before so well yeah it seems to confirm like a lot of the tabloid stories we've read are true right Right. so like the one that kind of stuck out most to me was um you know last year after archie was born there's a tabloid story that was like megan and harry have gone through three nannies in six weeks and i was like okay have they though but apparently according to finding freedom yeah they have one of their nannies that they they fired on the second night um basically because she did something they don't get into it in the book which what do you think she did they said it was like inappropriate or something right yeah it's like inappropriate and unprofessional so they okay well because they hired a nanny at night it was a night nanny right so that they could sleep it meant that that nanny's job was to like get up and feed archie so my guess is she fell asleep they would fire her over that well Oh, I guess if you sleep on the job, sure. Then I'd be screwed because I'd I fall mean, asleep. Or she smoked Harry's stash. Or she hit on Harry. Was it Rebecca De Mornay? In the middle of the night, imagine. Three yeah, she's in, just like three going in the morning. To the she's just hanging over his bed, being like, "Hey, handsome." <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, I mean, it could, it could be, but who knows? Yeah, we'll know. That'll be in the sequel. We'll never know. So then, apparently, the second nanny they had for a little while, but they fired because um, Harry and Megan kept waking up at night to look at you know, to check in on Archie anyway. So they're like, okay, having a night nanny is pointless. And then they just got a third nanny because, you know, they're rich and they have a nanny. Yeah, why not? Uh, Why not? So um, something that was kind of released today, it wasn't like a leaked excerpt. It was like something that was published because the book was released today, was that Megan announced her pregnancy at Princess Eugenie's wedding uh, last October, I guess. Yeah, so that would have... Two that would have made her ago? like a couple of months along, right? Yeah. So she would have. Okay. Well, here's usually people of how do I say this? Of a certain age. Old hags is what you're trying to say. Old hags, where your uterus is just dust and spiders, tumbleweeds and buttons. No, it, it's like if you're over thirty-five, most doctors will tell you like, okay, definitely wait till you're three months before you announce it, just to be safe. And when I think most people. Wait three yeah. months, right? Yeah. It's super common. So it it means that, like, you know, 
by three months you're sort of sometimes you're showing but so the the story in finding freedom is that um eugenia got married on october 12th and then harry and megan officially announced that they were pregnant on october 15th but in finding freedom they're saying that um harry and megan spent like the whole time at eugenie's wedding going around telling people that she was pregnant and eugenie was like not happy with it because obviously like her the thing in the book is like she's like they could have picked better timing they could have like chosen another time to do yeah that. like after <laughs> the day the yeah, next like, day literally 24 hours before or 24 hours after preferably 24 hours after i yeah. mean it's total attention horror move but royal weddings are probably really 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 boring so at least they brought a little drama a little gossip mm -hmm. another thing that we learned from finding freedom is that um so this was like big news but i was like huh so there was a blog in like 2010 called the working actress and it was like an anonymous blog michael did you know about this blog no i it was probably nobody read it yeah i don't i had never heard of it but like the one thing is they're like breaking news megan was the anonymous blogger behind the working actress and i was like okay so i read a couple things um megan merkel excuse me the anonymous working actress really likes jennifer aniston that's something i learned from it that makes noted. sense mm -hmm. yeah oh that's very on brand yeah very um, on brand. another thing was that kensington palace staff reportedly resented waiting on and i quote i'm using air quotes right now an american cable actress uh, so obviously just people. So if she snobs. was on NBC, they would have been fine with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause wait, what was, what was Suits on TNT? Um, I don't know. It was on basic cable. They're like, good heavens. She might as well be on Spike. And also like Nicole Kidman was on cable. She was on Big Little Lies. A lot of like A-list actresses are on, um. Yeah. HBO cable, cable shows. Yeah. That's cable. They didn't say basic cable. <laughs> yeah. They didn't say cable access. So, yeah, so they were, like, really, they were rude about that. What they really meant is not white. Yeah, it's, like, be, be honest, not white, not rich, didn't have a title, didn't go to, like, you know, Eton or Cambridge or whatever the fancy school is. Yeah. Uh, so another thing is, like, remember that story about um, Megan apparently made Duchess Kate cry when they were, like, getting, like, bridesmaid dress fitting for yes. Megan's wedding? So in Finding Freedom, they say, like, that didn't happen. Kate didn't cry over any bridesmaid dresses. Apparently it was, like, the story was... Kate cried over, um, like, an argument that had to do with putting, like, all the little girls in tights or, like, pantyhose or something. Yeah, like, Megan didn't want, didn't think they should wear tights. Yeah, and Kate was like, it's tradition, they have yeah. to. And so there was, like, a, there's point, there's a fight. She, who knows if she cried or not, but there's a fight. But then after that, apparently, courtiers, I think I'm pronouncing that right, turned on Megan because they were, like, very, they all loved Kate. So then when Kate got into a fight they're like they chose sides and they're like we're choosing you yeah um and then also kate apparently couldn't bond with megan because they didn't have anything in common yeah which uh, i don't know i think that you'd have a lot in common if you're both people who married princes that seems like something you would talk about well i think kate is probably like more traditional yeah and megan is not so they mm -hmm. probably just yeah i mean also they don't have to be friends yeah, you don't have to be friends. Um, we also learned Prince Charles reportedly likes Meghan, and Meghan saw Charles as a second dad. And the Queen thought that Meghan was uh, always prepared and respectful, so the Queen apparently liked Duchess Meghan quite a bit. Oh, okay, here's all the drama about Harry. So it's in Finding Freedom, it kind of makes it sound like Harry was the one who initiated a lot of stuff. 
Um, Because you know how, like, the British press is like, Megan's terrible. Megan dragged Harry out of, like, Kensington Palace, you know. And there were also stories, like, Prince Harry wanted to leave royal life even before he met Megan. Yeah. So people kind of forget about that. So in Finding Freedom, they say that, like, Harry was the one who said, I love you first. Uh, Harry, like, really wanted to get married to her right away. Harry cut off William when he said that, you know, he was like, I don't want you to be blinded by lust or whatever. Um, Harry also allegedly cut off a friend for suggesting that he live with Megan first. And uh, Harry allegedly raged at anybody who doubted Megan, which... I mean, that one makes it seem really dramatic, but I'd probably get really ragey too if like I kept hearing the same thing over and over again where people are like, oh, just take your time. Are you sure you want to be with this person? I'd be like, yes, leave me alone. Well, even like when when they first went public, you know, the tabloids were really racist to to her. Mm -hmm. And he put out that statement where he broke tradition yet again by putting out a statement where he defended her and said, yeah. Like, it's like he Stop. liked, yeah, he liked her. It's not like he was like hypnotized. Like, well, she didn't, yeah. well, he was like maybe booty, booty blinded. Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, also in Finding Freedom, they say that, like, um, because Har- Harry and William like hate each other now, that the only way that the, um, like, the British monarchy can be successful and to go on is if they make up, which who knows if that will ever happen. Um, and another thing that kind of made that was funny to me was, the palace thought it was tacky that Megan was wearing a necklace with an H on it. So apparently, like, she called his, her nickname for him was H instead of Harry. Yeah. And so she was wearing an H necklace, like, you know, as we all do when we're, like, in love. We, like, go buy jewelry. And when we're 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, our first, we go around with our first boyfriend. We go to Claire's. Yeah, you, like, get a necklace or, or a bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> Then you like give him one of yours. Be like, I think we could both wear them. Anyways, they the palace like thought it was tacky because they're like, oh, you're drawing attention to yourself and you want publicity for this and stuff. When meanwhile, it's like, oh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Just an H necklace. Well, there's also that story where it's like he knew it was she was the one when she pissed in the outside on a camping trip. Yeah. <laughs> Like, where else would you go to the bathroom? Like, I know that's supposed to be, like, romantic. Like, he was, like, thinking of, like, what ring he was going to use to propose. But it's, like... Well, rich people are so weird. Because it's, like, they find that charming. Because it's, like, us regulars were, like, yeah, where else are you going to piss? And also, it's, like, I can't believe, like, that book outed him as a piss queen. First of all. (laughs) Second of all, it's, like, when he heard her peeing, they made it sound like he was, like, oh, my God, what a down-to-earth goddess. I'm, you know, I'm so in love. And then I bet you all of a sudden, then she's, like... And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he like he like cups a hand to his ear. He's like, oh, hark, what is this beautiful sound I'm hearing? Tis more beautiful than the sound of my lover's voice. And then he's like, oh, my goodness, it's urine hitting the ground of a campsite. Oh, my heart is a flutter. Because <laughs> that's how Harry talks, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so Michael, my question to you is, uh, now that literally every page of this book has been released online... Will you be reading it? No. Mm-mm. No. Will you? No, I got too many excerpts. Yeah, what else could be left in the book? And do you think they contributed to it? So they said they had nothing to do with it. They were not interviewed. Right. They did not talk to the writers. Nothing. Do you think they did? I think they absolutely did. Yeah, I think they did. And, I, sure they did. and I think they thought it was going to make them look good. But there are parts that do, don't make them look the best. Yeah, it's not... 
it's not the kind of thing where I'm like, oh my God, I love them so much. I'm just kind of like, okay, like, yeah, it sounds like you had a shitty time when you lived at Kensington Palace. Like, you know, like, it's just, yeah. I think, okay, what I think, because apparently they're like friends with like Carolyn Durand and Omid Scobie. Um, I feel like they were like sitting on a couch being like, okay, I'll talk to, or no, I won't talk to you. Someone will talk to you. Wink, wink. And then they like put on, you know, the glasses with the fake nose and the mustache. Yeah. You know, like her, the Groucho Marx glasses yeah. and they're like, okay, I have a story for you about Megan and Harry. <laughs> wink, wink. That's what totally happened. But they should have said no to that book title because that book title is a mess. Like it's like a, what kind of knock off Nelson Mandela <laughs> title, like finding freedom really. Okay, so in case you forgot, we're in the middle of a pandemic and America continues to get hit hard. But, you know, some people's brains took a time machine back to last year and are acting like coronavirus doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So every year there's a big motorcycle rally and a 10-day festival in Sturgis, uh, South Dakota. They didn't cancel it this year. And it's currently happening. 250,000 people total will attend. Organizers tried to say that they were going to have hand sanitizer stations and they'd require masks to be worn at the shows. But the pictures that I've seen, nobody is wearing a mask and there's zero social distancing. It's just like a regular festival. Well, how can you social distance with like 250,000 people. You'd be like having people in North Dakota if you were social distancing that many people. Yeah, it's impossible. But um, there's also nightly performances from bands like Buck Cherry, Mm -hmm. Night Ranger, Quiet Riot, and Smash Mouth, who already performed. So they performed on Sunday night for a crowd of thousands in You'd think that Smash Mouth bringing in a crowd of thousands would be, in 2020, would be the big news, but it's not. So if you look at the videos, there was zero social distancing. Nobody was wearing a mask. It was just like a regular concert. So during their show, which again, in front of thousands, not wearing masks, um, Smash Mouth singer Steve Harwell told the crowd, And now we're all here together tonight. And this is a little surprising because Smash Mouth has spoken out for trans rights and LGBTQ rights. But then again, they did tell us they ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Yes. Emphasis on them being tools. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that surprised me too, because I was like, you know what? I remember after like the last time Smash Mouth said something about like trans rights, I was like, you know what? Smash Mouth got like an unfair shake. People used to make fun of them. They'd be like, you know, those guys from the Shrek soundtrack. And I was like, you know what? I think that Smash Mouth are on the right side of history. And then I was like, no, Allison, you're wrong. They're not. (laughs) They proved you wrong. And every like everybody made the same joke, like imagine dying for Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. <laughs> but besides that, like what was strange to me, besides the obvious, besides them performing for a crowd without wearing masks, is that bikers showed up for Smash Mouth. Like no self-respecting biker goes to a Smash Mouth show. And they're like, play that Shred song, man. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I bet that the bikers like saw they're like, Okay, yeah, Quiet Riot, you've got me. 
buck cherry. Uh, I don't know. There's got to be filler somewhere. And then it's like Smash Mouth. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's like, and then the next night, this other band performed. I forgot their name. Trapped. I looked at the, there were like 10 people there. They were social distancing there because there was only like 10 people there. Oh no. But you know what? They were probably okay with it. They're like, look, at least we didn't have thousands of people here spreading germs with each other. That's what they're going to tell themselves when they go to sleep at night. Yeah. And the other thing is like when the Smash Mouth guy said like, fuck COVID Mm -hmm. and everybody cheered and I'm like, I mean, COVID is probably thinking like, what badasses there are over here like are you like you're gonna say fuck covid like and then covid's just gonna be like okay dude yeah bye (laughs) covid gets on a harley like (laughs) rips out of there (laughs) no and like covid's evil knows no bounds like it will happily suffer through a smash mouth concert you know to infect someone yeah i mean covid covid is so evil its favorite band is probably smash mouth Five stories, Allison. Let's go. Starting with the reboot, remake, whatever of Three Men and a Baby. So the first Three Men and a Baby movie came out in 1987 and was an American remake of a French movie. It was directed by Leonard Nimoy and starred Ted Danson, Tom Selleck, and Steve Gutenberg and was the biggest hit of 1987. And it got a sequel, Three Men and a Little Lady. Uh, It was about three single dudes who are forced into caring for a baby, and it's full of hijinks, and the three men unwittingly become drug dealers. Um, so it's being remade because, of course, The Hollywood Reporter says it's being remade for Disney+, Plus, and Zac Efron has already signed on. Which, I mean, Zac Efron is a daddy now. So, well, not an actual daddy, but, you know, he beefed and butched up. That's the thing. It's like people have been calling him daddy for years now, so it's the next appropriate step in his career trajectory. Well, the and the good the good news, uh, there's good news if you're a Zac Efron cardboard cutout, because you're a shoe in for the very, very pivotal role of Ghost Boy. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, in Three nope. Men and a Baby, there's a scene where <gasps> with Ted Danson, yeah. where it looks like a ghost boy is in the background. And people came up and like, he's just randomly there. And people came up with um, the rumor that it was the ghost of a boy who died in the house they were filming at. Mm-hmm. But it turned out to be a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson in a top hat. <laughs> <laughs> so now's your time to shine, Zach Efron cardboard cutouts. But put on a top hat to, to secure that role. So I wrote about this news for the site Delisted. And I wrote it while doing a slow wall slide of sadness because it was bad news to me. So Deadline reports that a sequel series to Who's the Boss is in the works. And Alyssa Milano and Tony Danza will both be back as Samantha and Tony Maselli. Samantha is now a single mother and is raising her kid or kids in the house from the original show, which was Angela's house. Mm -hmm. And I guess Tony will live there too. Judith Light, who played Angela, and Danny Pintaro, who played her son Jonathan, support the sequel, and writers are trying to find a way to work their characters in somehow. But the true star of Who's the Boss, Mona, played by Catherine Hellmond, cannot be in it because she died last year. 
So who's the boss of this idea? Because they should be fired. Yeah. I mean, they should really get the Mona cardboard cut out ready. No, 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 no. No, no, don't. No, I can't put that energy out there. Like, this sequel's going to be so upsetting and sad because, like, is Tony still the housekeeper? And, like, Tony has to live with his daughter in the house of their former employer? Like, he clearly doesn't have a retirement fund. Angela might not have been paying him properly. No, and she's going to evict him. When, when she finds out they're squatting in her house while she's out of town, mm-hmm. she's going to evict him. But I was going to curse Tony Danza for agreeing to do this without the legendary Mona. But on Twitter, someone commented like in the comments below mm-hmm. this story and said it's going to be really awkward on set because... Um, Tony is a Trump supporter and Alyssa is a Biden supporter. And I didn't really know what they were talking about. And then someone pointed out that they were confusing Tony Danza with Scott Baio. Oh, my God. Because so, I was going to say, I'm like, not Tony Danza. Yeah, it was Scott Baio. So I'm not going to kick Tony Danza while he's all the way down. So apparently Marvel is rebooting X-Men again. And the rumor is that Marvel wants Shia LaBeouf to play Iceman in it. Now, Iceman is a mutant who can freeze stuff. Um, he's basically the brother of Frosta from She-Ra. Mm-hmm. Um, Iceman is also one of Marvel's first gay characters. So people, of course, have thoughts on Shia, who is not gay that we know of, um, playing a gay character. Colton Hayes, who's openly gay, offered up his services for the role. But there's also a rumor that Shia is being looked at for the role of Moon Knight and not Iceman. I hope that's the truth. Because, I mean, forget about the fact that Shia is not a, does not identify as gay, as far as we know. I think it's too much of a stretch for him to play a character whose power is that he can manipulate water. Because we've all seen Shia's hair, and he wants nothing to do with water. Oh, no. Or we've all, yeah, we've all seen him in pictures and we've all smelled him through pictures. Mm-hmm. So yeah, water and him, not friends. That's his nemesis, yeah. A Stanley Kubrick biography is out from writer David Mickix. And while researching for the book, he found Stanley Kubrick's wish list for the male lead role in Eyes Wide Shut, which was played by Tom Cruise. So Kubrick had been thinking about the movie since the 70s, and he originally wanted the male lead to have a comedian's resilience. So his original wish list um, for the Tom Cruise role included Steve Martin, Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty, Alan Alda, Albert Brooks, Bill Murray, Tom Hanks, Sam Shepard, and the most what-the-fuck-of-them-all, Woody Allen. Woody Allen at a sex party? I have lost the ability to orgasm. Mm-hmm. They'd have to retitle it Eyes Shut Forever because I don't think anybody would want to watch Woody Allen in an orgy scene. No. Eyes Closed Shut and Mouth Full of Barf is what they should call it. And finally, this news comes from Allison's Homeland, um, a Canadian microbrewery from Alberta called Hell's Basement, used to sell a beer called Hudu Hudu. And they thought it was the uh, Maui, Ma- Maui word for feather. But it turns out it really means pubic hair. They found out when New Zealand TV personality and a Maori advocate, Tahamua Nakora, called them out for appropriation and dragged them. The co-founder of Hell's Basement apologized, said they'd do better, and they didn't mean to offend the Maori people or culture, and also made it clear that they don't think pubic hair is shameful. Yeah, because, I mean, 
that's nice that they added that thing on the end because it would be a worse statement if they were like, ew, gross. We would never want that kind of name association because it's bad enough that we're already associated with yeast. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like it was a very avoidable mess, but Mm -hmm. they should just go with it and name the beer pubic hair, but in English. But then again, they probably get sued by Natty Eyes since pubic hair is their signature taste. It's show and tell time. This is where Allison and I share something we're into. So this week, my something is straight out of my cooking show, The Bareback Contessa. This is something that my mom baked us a few times when we were kids. And I am always surprised she made us this because she's always been like about healthy stuff. And we never had cakes or cookies or candy or soda in the house. Like we only got that stuff for special occasions. And I was like a a little Chrissy from Pecker when I was a kid. You know, I couldn't get enough of sugar. Like I sometimes when I would get like a sugar craving, I would eat spoonfuls of sugar. Oh, yeah. I grew up in the same kind of house. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't snort it. Like, I would just eat, or I would make, like, because we didn't get soda, and sometimes I'd crave soda, I'd just make sugar water. Oh, my God. That's that's above and beyond. <laughs> Wait, what you did? Well, I never made sugar water. Try it. It's good. Oh, but, good. okay, so this, what she used to make us, it's called Better Than Sex Cake. Mm-hmm. And, yes, she made it for us when we were kids. <laughs> um, it's a fairly well-known recipe, though, and it was uh, Paula Dean had in one of her cookbooks, but this is not a Paula Dean recipe. Mm-mm. I want the people to know. So my mom got the recipe from like a coworker yes. and she had it written on an index card and it was stuck to our refrigerator for years and years and years and years. Um, you could also, it could, you could also call it like if you wanted like the, um, the wet and gushy version, mm-hmm. the radio friendly version was like the better than best cake or the better than Robert Redford cake. <laughs> what, Michael? Do you want to know what we called it in Girl Scouts? Because we made this in Girl Scouts. The um, better than. No, so it's so better than sex cake. There's there's the original, which is called Sex in a Pan. Right? Have you heard of this? No, I've only heard of uh, better than sex cake. Yeah, better than sex is like I think it's more stable, but like sex in a pan is like it's a scoopable kind of thing. We okay. weren't allowed to call it sex in a pan. We had to call it fun in a pan. Oh, that's, yeah, it's like, cute. <laughs> but so basically, this cake would be called like better than fun. Better than fun. More yeah. fun. <laughs> but um, so you make it out. Uh, you first like make like box chocolate cake of your choice. Now a lot of recipes. Sadie's German chocolate cake. So you make the cake, and after it's done and it's cooled a bit, you poke holes all over it with the end of a wooden spoon or whatever. Then you take condensed milk and you pour it on top, and you make sure that the milk gets in all the holes. That that's not a nasty what, wet ass cake yeah. whack. Then you take some um, caramel sauce and you. Uh, and you do the same thing. You uh, pour it over the cake, make sure it gets in the holes. After that, you cover the top of the cake with Cool Whip, and then you drizzle chocolate sauce on top, 
And then you add crushed Heath bars on top of that. And my mom used score bars because she was classy. Mm -hmm. But and then you just put it in the refrigerator and it's done. That's extremely good. Did you make it? This oh, it's week? diabetes in a pan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I made it, but I like it's been a while since I've had it, so I made it this weekend. But since I'm the bareback contest, I gourmet it up a bit. So, oh my God, how? Well, I made the German chocolate cake from scratch. Oh, fancy! Well, it's easy. Making cake from scratch is really easy. Yeah, but you know what's easier? Opening up a box, Michael. Yeah, but that ta- like, there's that like. I don't know. It just doesn't taste the same. I know what you're saying. There's like, it's, it's a uh, homemade cake is like richer. Well, and you can make it like less sweet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And because this cake is like sweet on top of sweet on top of sweet on top oh, of yeah. sweet. So I like, so I made that cake from scratch. I made the caramel from scratch. Mm-hmm. And then instead of Cool Whip, I used stabilized whipped cream. That's a, that's a better upgrade in my opinion. Cool Whip's gross. Oh, see, I like Cool Whip. Oh, cool Whip with nasty. Jello. Oh my God, I can eat it for days. <laughs> but then everything else was store bought, like the condensed milk and the Heath bars. But my version isn't as sweet. So if you, you know, so if you like to get like an instant cavity when you eat a cake, my version is probably like the, the about as good as a peck on the cheek cake. It's like a hand job cake. Not even handheld hand holding hand cake. Yeah, that sounds really sweet, actually. <laughs> Speaking of sweet, <laughs> that sounds delicious. I wish that you could have faxed me a piece of it, but I have a feeling it would not travel very well in the mail. I'd get it. Yeah, it not during like, these COVID times. It will no, not. The cream would be like all hot, be like a week old. It would yeah, be like, you don't want hot like... cream, or do you? I don't know, but yeah. No. So like, that's that's my show and tell for the week. That's a that's a great one. I'm going to look up the recipe because I would love that. Because uh, sex in a pan is not anything like that. Sex in a pan is like chocolate pudding, vanilla pudding. I think it's like crushed wafers. Oh, yeah. No, it's something totally different. Yeah. Totally different. That one sounds really, really good. Um, Okay. So my show and tell this week is a book, which this might be the only time I ever mention a book because I don't You can't read. read. (laughs) I can't. I know. It's not even that I don't. It's that I can't. I wish I could. Um, so this book will take me a long time to get through because I'm sounding out every single word. Um, it is a book by Nicole Byer, who is the host of Netflix's Nailed It. She also has a very popular podcast called Why Won't You Date Me? Um, she was on MTV's Girl Code. I'm sure you know who Nicole Byer is. Yes. And if you don't Google and you'll be like, oh, I think I know who that is. So she has a book out. It's called Hashtag Very Fat, Hashtag Very Brave. And if you follow Nicole on Instagram, that'll be familiar because every time she posts a picture of herself in a bikini, she would always hashtag it, hashtag very fat, hashtag very brave, hashtag brave, bravery, all that stuff. And it's because um, it's because like originally or like anytime someone, you know, who exists in a bigger uh, female identifying body. Oftentimes people will be like, oh, it's so brave of you to wear a bikini. Oh, I wish I had your confidence. Oh, God, that's the worst one. Yeah, I see that all the time. Yeah, you're so yeah, you're so brave. I could never do that. Yeah, it's it's very backhanded. So um, so she started tagging all of her bikini pictures, you know, very fat, very brave um, because she also wears a lot of bikinis. So the book at first, I wanted to read it because I was like, I like Nicole Byer. And I thought it was going to be a memoir. And it's not. It's like a how-to guide of how to become... Is it like a picture book? 
Yeah, there's some pictures in it. Michael, there's a lot of numbered lists, which that's my favorite type of list. Um, it's not like a memoir at all. It's it's like a guide and it's like, um, which like it's also very funny, but it's her tips on how to become, you know, hashtag very brave enough to wear a bikini um, and like also take pictures of yourself in a bikini. And anyways, I'm like just getting into it. So I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more stories and stuff like that. But um, yeah, right now it's basically just like about her Instagram pictures and like how to buy uh, how to buy a bikini. And like, there's a story about her, um, you know. Oh, and like how to take a good picture, a good bikini picture. Yes. But I mean, the moral of the whole story is the best bikini picture is one that you just take while wearing a bikini. It's very motivational. Um, but it's also, it's it's funny though, too. Um, like she talks about, you know, how she used to wear like only one pieces and stuff because she was like, oh, I don't think I can wear a bikini and all that stuff. And then she decides to do it. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's quite funny. And I'm sure that I like I've gotten to a couple pictures, but I think it's a, there's a lot more pictures in it. Um, but anyways, it's very funny so far. And it's also very like I, I hesitate to use this term because it feels like so. I don't know. There's something about it that I don't like, but it's very like body positive. That's like a very hashtag brave hashtag, yeah, hashtag body positive. Yeah. But it is though. It's like it's 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 body positive. It's like the body that you're in is the body that you know you're supposed to be in. You should feel good about it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, again, it's also very funny. So that's my show and tell. Yeah. So I'll check that out. I'm not going to take any bikini pictures because I do not want to get kicked off Instagram. That's the thing. It's like, they'll be like, hashtag too brave. Hashtag you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> hashtag suspended. Yeah. Hashtag delete your account. <laughs> what I would get. So, yeah. So, that those are show, show and tells for the week. And that ends this show. If you'd like to write us for any reason, email us. You can at dtp at delisted.com. So, thank you. Till next week. Bye. Bye.